Welcome aboard. This is your captain, Johnny. And first mate, Jess. Thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the ships of chaos. Hello, Chaotics. This is Johnny. And this is Jess. Welcome to Chaotic Thursday. How are you doing, Johnny? Kick it off. I'm doing fine. I'm just stressed because my mind's telling me I need nicotine. And I know I don't because I'm trying to quit. So I've, I'm officially four days without cigarettes. <clears throat> I'm proud of you. I think the first, I've never had to quit, but I think that first like week is probably the hardest. It's what I hear. Yeah. Once you get over this hill, it'll, you'll be like, oh, I can't believe I was struggling. Yeah, this yeah. is easy. Yeah, look at me. Yeah. I just hope I don't lose a, my temper at a coworker or an, a customer and get fired. Just smoke some pot. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to do. It makes everything better. So, how are you? I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some news. Uh-huh. I started watching Love and Monsters. <gasps> Yay! I'm an hour, I'm about like an hour in. Okay. It is so gross with all the bugs. I hate bugs. I was eating spicy noodles trying to watch it and I kept getting like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of uh the lost boys from the 80s. When he's like eating his Chinese food and Kiefer Sutherland's like, Michael, you're eating maggots. And yeah. he looks down and <laughs> yeah. yeah. It didn't deter me from my spicy nudes. I love spicy nudes, but it's so good. How did I wait so long? I don't know. Cause like he's like he reminds you of like styles in like the radio tower, doesn't he? Yeah talking on his radio I was going to say I feel like the writer for this movie has read Radio Tower (laughs) and if they haven't they're missing out and they stole Styles's personality like it's it's crazy but it's it's really good so far yeah and the dog boy I love the dog (laughs) have you met the little girl yet Mm mm-hmm minnow yeah i love minnow she's adorable so don't settle (laughs) and freaking yondu (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i know you've been asking me about it for a long time i had a little bit of time today so i started watching it and i don't know why i waited so long it's still good yeah (sighs) I mean, I have to say, like, I love Styles. Styles will always have a special plate in my place in my heart. But um, Joel mm-hmm. and Sam are quickly growing to be my favorite Dylan O'Brien characters. And Sam is from Amazing, Amazing Stories. Amazing Stories. Yeah. 
What was his character's name in Maze Runner? Thomas. Oh, Thomas. Let me tell you why I hate Maze Runner so much. <laughs> Please enlighten us. <laughs> a Maze Runner is an amazing book. And the movie, they did a fantastic job. Great cinematography, great, great makeup. Keeps you on the edge of your seat. It should get, the movie should get an A plus in all, in all things. But they made me fall in love with the character for three movies to kill him off in the end. Did they kill him in the book? Yeah. Yes. Newt oh, died okay, in the okay. book. Okay. So you knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. But they just made the character so lovable. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hold that against the movie. The writer wrote it. <laughs> the author. Yeah. I mean, but... when, when I finished watching the movie, I just I started tweeting and I tweeted curse words at the writer. <laughs> oh, jeez. Did you, had you read the book before, like you knew it was coming? Yeah, I knew it was coming. Still in denial, hoping that they changed the yeah. plot. <laughs> and it's like, uh, the actor's name is Thomas Singer. Thomas Brody Singer. Okay, I'm gonna look him up, Thomas. Oh, he's cute. Uh-huh. Oh, he's been in, um, he was Peter Pan. Yeah, he was Peter Pan. No, 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 no. That's somebody else. Uh, that was um, the kid from August Rush. That's a completely different kid. Uh, it's Thomas Brody Sangster. I was no, wrong. no. He was Peter Pan in Once Upon a Time. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, it, it had to clarify it for me. Because, like, there's a movie called Finding Neverland. Mm-hmm where the kid from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory played the boy who was the inspiration for Peter Pan. That's right. And I thought that's who you were talking about. No, but he does look similar to this guy. Yeah. They're a little similar. They're but... both like 30 years old and still like look like they're 12. Yeah. <laughs> but like I spent three movies watching The Maze Runner and just falling more and more in love with Newt, even knowing that he was going to die. And like in the book, Newt stabs himself. He kills himself. In the movie, they have Thomas do it. Oh, what's worse? I'm not sure. Having to do it yourself or having a, are they friends in the movie? I think like having your best friend do it is worse. Sounds so emotional. It's so sad. Yeah. The movie's good. The books are good. I really should not hate them as much as I do, only because uh, Newt dies. That That's mm -hmm. not fair to it. It really isn't. You know, it's, you know you, you're allowed your opinions of it. I get mad because Snape died. Still get angry. I, I get mad because Snape died, too. No reason to kill him. I still think he's alive. I don't think he, I think he, like, Venom, anti-venom okay. himself. It's bad that Snape died. What I really, really get angry over. Dobby. And you can, don't come at me, please. There was no fucking reason for Fred to die. Oh, absolutely. They, absolutely. Or Remus and Tonks. Those no. I also didn't get them. But or Dobby. Or Fred. Or Fred. 
Yeah. Or Dobby. Yeah. I, I could understand if you had to line up the people that died. If you looked at it, Snape was the most important. And I get like the passing, I guess. I, I don't know. But Fred. Why Fred? No. I mean, Remus, I could understand. Yeah. I mean, he's up there because, with he's up there with Severus. Yeah. Because like, why kill off the other three marauders if Fred, if Remus wasn't going to die? Right. Um, but Fred, there was no logical explanation for that. She destroyed two lives. She destroyed Fred mm-hmm. and George by killing off Fred. I know. Like, it, even in, like, the Pottermore, it says that Fred George was never able to uh, cast a Patronus again. Mm-hmm. And that Ron had, like, basically had to go help Fred at the store because George just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. So. sad. We took a turn. Yeah. (laughs) That that is the death that makes me the most angry in Harry Potter is Fred. It should. It should make me angrier. But, um, yeah, I think I've just, like, accepted it. Like, you. you, She's killing everybody else. Just. It's got to be like that hap- that final happiness kind of like innocence thing. Yeah. Because of what they stood for, George and Fred, but yeah. He's an asshole, whatever. Yeah. And that's why we have fan fiction. And let's talk yeah. about fan fiction, our segue. Yes. <laughs> Go away from our anger. <laughs> yes. And fan fiction. Fan fiction. So, um first things first, I have found the perfect story for our 420 episode. So okay, do you want to do you want to surprise us with the fan? I'm gonna the, the the ship, not the fan. Okay, so the ship is Steric. Okay, it is a Styles Derek fan fiction, and is it is called. Bum, 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 bum. Breathe out so I can breathe you in. That sounds so good. That's exciting. Yay. So this will be um, aired er, on 420. Yes. It'll be released 420. So be on the lookout for a Derek. Yeah. It was really hard to find a fic about just pot use. Mm -hmm. But that is waiting for y'all on 420. Uh, we look forward to it absolutely all right let's uh let's uh, talk about radio tower okay do you want to give us a summary what are they called recap a recap yeah um so uh, last week they're still dealing with kate yes they were still dealing with kate Kate and the Berserkers. Um, Styles gets attacked. I'm having a hard time remembering what happened, but I know Styles gets attacked. They find Cora and Derek's mom. Uh huh. And we leave the chapter with um, Styles, like kind of like passing out a mist swallows him whole like he's kind of like fading 
because she strangled him. She like clawed his throat out. It was his throat, right? So he couldn't really talk. Derek was trying to heal him, but Derek was also like, he was, he was also in the fight, right? So he was kind of like injured. Yeah, Derek was injured. Styles yeah. was injured. He couldn't talk. And the Mom others were being held day. back by berserkers, <laughs> right? Yeah, he was being held back by berserkers. But like his dad, um, Scott, everybody else was kind of like being held back so that they couldn't like try to interfere. Yeah. I don't know if I'm missing anything else important. I mean, the most important part is that Derek um, Styles is kind of in this like. You're missing okay. the main point. I'm, I'm absolutely missing the main point, but my brain's not working. So enlighten us. <laughs> um, Styles takes the vial of the wolf's brain potion and shoves it into Kate's mouth. Oh, yeah. And then shatters it in Kate's mouth. And then one of the berserkers holds her mouth shut so that the wolf's bane can take effect and, and she basically dies. And that was a berserker that kind of like connected with Derek. That was one of the berserkers that connected to Derek. How did I forget? And then oh. once she was dead, that particular berserker falls to its knees and its skull shatters. And who do we see? the mom no damn it i don't peter hale peter peter and then cora runs over to the other berserker who wasn't listening to to kate and she yells that it was their mom but she had passed out oh yeah that was that's very important yeah we have peter we have mama hale i don't know what her actual name is talia talia and then Kate's dead. Kate's dead. That was the main point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and <laughs> I covered the other main point that Styles is uh was attacked. I mean, yeah. I need some credit. <laughs> it's fine. And you know, sometimes my summaries are fantastic. Sometimes I'm like, eh. Eh. <laughs> eh. <laughs> no, no. Stuff happened. It's been a while since we recorded because we haven't had a very good uh schedule meetup yeah we gotta get back get our shit together johnny yeah there was a distinct floating sensation to everything like nothing was tangible not even his own skin it felt numb but not in a worrying way almost like being drugged except without the loss of awareness or sense of self slowly styles blinked his eyes open he was in a bedroom sparsely furnished with just a bed and a cupboard and lit with a lamp on a bedside table. He twisted his head without feeling it, blinking at the room in confusion, only to see Derek slumped over the edge of his bed, head resting limply on the covers and his hand locked firmly in Styles's, even in his state of unconsciousness. He flexed his fingers, brushing them against the hair hanging over Derek's forehead without moving his captured hand. Can you feel it still? Styles was so relaxed, he didn't even jump as he twisted his head to see Deaton standing at the other side of him. He pinched Styles' wrist, apparently checking his pulse, and Styles realized that he'd felt him there as he'd woken, or at least his presence. It was like being in a room and knowing you weren't alone, but in a comforting way, 
rather than an eerie one, not unlike the awareness he had of the pack's proximity, though less potent. Huh, he asked almost unintelligibly. Deaton gave a polite smile, pressing the earpiece of the stethoscope into his ear before sliding the little, miss, the little metal disc down under Stiles' collar. He listened for a moment or two before he withdrew. Your hand, can you still feel it? I was worried Derek had overdone it. He said as he tugged the earpiece out of his ear and let the medical instrument hang loosely about his neck. I'm not a fan of drawing the pain away to the point that you can't feel anything. It's exhausting to the wolf taking the sensation and gives the patient a lack of awareness of their own pain. Derek uh, Styles glanced back at Derek again, squeezing his fingers wrapped around his own. I can feel everything, just sort of numb. Deaton gave a short nod. He passed out a little while ago. He should wake soon. He and your father haven't left, left your side. A frown crinkled Styles' bro. Dad? He asked croakily. His throat didn't hurt, but his voice still sounded raspy. Deaton's lips quirked a little more prominently at one corner, and he stepped to the side, revealing the side of the room with the door and an uncomfortable-looking chair where his dad was slumped. You've been asleep for the best part of a day. There's some water on the bedside table. Only take small sips. Noshiko has her hands full at the hospital at the moment, but she should be by shortly with some advice about the best foods to restore your health. A note will be put on your account. His account with the food supply style supposed, frowning as he processed it all, he licked his dry lips. What about Derek's sister and uncle? The pack, the other berserkers. All quite well, considering what they've been through, Deaton explained in his usual common difference. They've been giving lodgings for now. The Hales have all elected to bundle together. Close proximity is pivotal to mental recovery in packs. Styles bl blinked. The Hales? Because the way he'd said it, it sounded like memories whispered through his mind. Cora's voice calling for her mother. The sight of Peter Hale, who Styles only barely recognized from his appearance in Beacon Hills years ago. When Kate died, her hold over them was severed. The abrupt change rendered them unconscious, but they're recovering well. Physically, they are as strong as ever. Mentally, well, perhaps that will take much longer. He eyed Styles thoughtfully. They, they have you to thank for their freedom. Styles looked down self-consciously, eyes focused on the place where his hand was cradled by Derek's on the bed. I saw what you did with your hands in the earth. I know you connected me to every supernatural creature somehow. I know that's what saved me. Saved you, yes, but it wasn't me that saved the hells, Derek Deaton corrected as lightly. I knew you might have the wolfsbane. I knew that since we hadn't had time to weaponize it. The only way it, to get a guaranteed hit would be for you to get in cl close. 
which would get you killed. How did you know that how did you know that would work? You have a spark in your in you that I've never seen before, he said simply, like that made perfect sense. I made an educated guess that given enough of a boost, that spark, that ability to extend life, might have been able to save you the same way a werewolf's part can heal them. When Styles didn't say anything, Deaton's vo voice was soft and impassive as ever, just gave a final whimsical smile. You and Derek came to, to me looking for answers, looking for a way out, but you never needed to me to save yourselves. You did all of that on your own and even saved everyone else along the way. Styles sighed, tipping his head back against the pillow in something like defeat and exasperation mixed together. You're so cryptic. That, those three words <laughs> is everything you need to know about Deaton. <laughs> Gonna be on his headstone like when he, <laughs> you're so cryptic. Deaton, you're so cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> what's his last name, Deaton? Deaton is his last name. Oh, what's his first name? Alan. Alan Deaton. Yeah. So. But you're, you're so cryptic. <laughs> so. Deaton gave a small laugh and opened the door quietly, making Styles wonder just how exhausted Derek was that someone moving around his vicinity hadn't woken him. Usually Styles just had to shift in a nightmare and he jerked awake. He was still now sleeping almost peacefully, if at an awkward angle. As the, stores, as the door started to close, however, Styles looked quickly to Deaton. Hey, so does that mean you're not going to teach me how to use my spark or whatever? Because I did some pretty nifty tricks, but you know, it'd be nice if my abilities, whatever they are, could be of use, not just when things get, out, get dire. Deaton held his gaze for a long moment before giving a slow nod. When you recover, we can talk again. The door closed softly and Styles looked at his dad, looked at Derek, checking stock of the two most important people in his ever expanding world before letting his fuzzy cottony head rest on the pillow again. He closed his eyes and felt the comfort of their presence brought hum gently in his brain. Okay. He closed his eyes and felt the comfort their present brought home gently in his veins. Yeah, that made a lot more sense the second time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm heading out, kiddo. His dad calls as he stepped out onto the porch. Styles was in ensconced on. It was only two days after Kate's invasion and Styles' body was still feeling the exhaustion of touching death. Oh, wait, we didn't do a time jump noise. <laughs> I'm heading out, kiddo. His dad calls as he stepped out onto the porch. Styles was ensconced on. It was only two days after Kate's invasion, and Styles' body was still feeling the exhaustion of touching death. 
For all that he protested, he hadn't done anything, that it had been Deaton who had guided the energy toward him, enough for the healing spark in him to charge it up. He did feel like he'd run a marathon on empty. Everything ached. He wondered how much the last month or so of traveling had contributed to his exhaustion, though, as he stared out across the little, the little front lawn and the busy yet calm cul-de-sac of houses the house sat on. His, ho his house his, and his dad's home. That would take some getting used to. Sensing his restlessness earlier, his dad had dragged the armchair out onto the porch. He tucked a blanket around him, parked a side table next to him loaded with two books and two bottles of water. Styles would have protested the fussing, but it felt so good to have his dad flapping around him again like old times. Like when Styles had been ill as a kid, that he only cracked a joke about needing to pee if he drank all that water before his dad got back. His dad was dressed for work now. All that was missing was the Beacon Hills Sheriff jacket, and he'd be a pitcher from Styles' past, albeit with a few more graying hairs. He, want, he hadn't wanted to leave, but Styles had insisted a few hours would be fine. This place needed him as much as Styles did. Are you sure you'll be okay? His dad asked as he pulled the front door to... Wait. Sorry. His dad asked as he pulled the front door behind him. He hesitated beside Stiles, looking him over as if searching for something else he could do to help somehow. Stiles pressed a finger into the book to keep his place, and he then waved his dad off with a free hand. As much as I'd love to keep you all to myself, this place needs you too. And if this is going to be my home, you better keep it in tip-top shape. His dad didn't smile, though. He stare stared at him unwaveringly. If you want me, you're the most important thing to me, Styles. His dad said firmly, I thought I'd lost you for years. I don't ever want to waste another second I could spend with you. Styles canted his head slightly as he looked up at his dad. Dad, this is necessary. Baby steps, right? You'll be gone an hour, two max. It's a good starting point. We can't live in our bubble forever. We've got to learn how to live here. Make this a home together. His dad stepped closer, reaching out and grasping his hands, squeezing tight. When, when did you get so damn smart? He murmured softly. I've always been this smart, Stiles snorted, squeezing back. They both seemed as reluctant as the other to let go. I'm so proud of you, kid, his dad said, slowly releasing him. He let his fingers card through Stiles' hair before he drew back slowly with a warm smile that crinkled his eyes. I should have known there was nothing that would stop you from finding your way back to me. Stiles smiled, even as his eyes prickled and his throat closed up. He felt his head rush as he forced himself up to his feet, but didn't let, him, let it stop him as he reached for his dad, holding onto him like a limpet and burying his nose in his shoulder. He still smelled the same. He knew he was home.
After all these years, he was finally home, safe. No way was I leaving you alone, he muttered, voice muffled by his dad's shoulder. No way. He felt his dad's knees buckle before Styles did and urged him back into the chair and under the blanket. It wasn't particularly cold out, not yet, but sitting still for an hour or two required a blanket nevertheless. The cold weather was coming. Styles wondered what it might be like to see in, in a winter Wait, wondered Styles wondered what it might be like to see it in a winter inside a real house without drafty window, windows, curled up with his dad or Derek or both by the fire with real food in his be belly. As if on cue, Styles felt the little prickle up his spine, the pleasant tickling awareness that sig signaled Derek was drawing closer. As exhausted as he'd been since he'd woken, the awareness he felt for another life around him in the settlement had been even more overwhelming. It'd been like a constant noise in his head, like tin tinnitus set in. Tinnitus. Tinnitus? I think Sorry. so. I think that's what it is. Like tinnitus set in, like trying to relax and sleep in a crowded room. He couldn't hear them. It wasn't like being psychic, but he knew he wasn't alone, and that in itself had been bo both wonderful and difficult at once. It was getting easier, though. Settling into house, into white noise, and the longer he spent sitting out on the porch in the quiet, attempting to acclimate to it all instead of fretting about not being able to sleep in bed helped. Pack was all, the pack was always the most prominent presence in the den, like picking out a familiar face in the crowd. They'd all been by in turn over the last few days, although like Derek, they'd had so much chance to deal with both, ex so much change to deal with both externally and internally. The town had all rallied together to make one of the larger buildings an abandoned hotel that no one had known what to do with yet into a hospitable home for the Hales. Styles hadn't seen it himself yet, but apparently it was looking good. It didn't have all the little touches that made it a home yet, but it was functional and everyone had a bed and access to water and clothing. The pack were together, which was important. Styles bit the inside of his mouth as he worried the edges of the blanket rather than the book in his hand once more. He understood why Derek hadn't really been able to visit. He completely did, just as Styles was reunited with his dad. Derek had been reunited with his family, his sisters, his mother, father, his uncle, cousins. Some of his family had truly died in the riots, but those who had supposedly died in the fire they apparently had been Kate's berserkers all along. After making enough of them to start swallowing the country in their plague, she'd come to Beacon Hills with the pale pack in her sights. They were back now, reunited, but they'd lost so much time and Derek was still alpha, which means, which he understood even as a human was difficult. Derek had alpha duties as well as those of a son, a brother, a nephew, and a cousin in a close-knit family. 
Styles understood that, but they'd been together every day for months. They had a bond and it felt odd not to spend most of every day or night together. Okay, question. Uh-huh. Who did, I don't know if I'm asking this right. Who did Derek kill to become Alpha? Peter? Um, How did he become Alpha? I think he just became Alpha because he, he he didn't have anybody else in his family to take over the alpha. I think it was just hereditary. Yeah. Because like his mother had died and his yeah. sister who had died. Died. So yeah. like, because they weren't really. No. You're a berserker though. Are you kind of like in that taboo where you're kind of. I think you're in limbo. Limbo, not taboo, limbo. Where you're like that in between. It obviously would have sparked something to make him become an alpha. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think in this story, it's kind of just like he inherited it because like his mother was alpha and then Laura was supposed to be alpha, but she Mm -hmm. was lost. And so he was next in line. Just next in line. Got it. Okay. Is that how it works in the... Has there ever ever been a situation like that in the show? Well, they talked about um, how Talia Hale was alpha. Right. And when Talia died in the fire, it was passed on to Laura. Laura gained it hereditarily. Hereditarily. Okay. And then when Laura died, it was passed on to Peter because he killed her. Mm-hmm. So it can be passed on through hereditary, hereditariness. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's word. You can you can pass it down through like uh, an heir. You can pass it down by being killed. Like the person who kills you gets alpha. Okay. Or you can get alpha by being a true alpha, which is you haven't gotten there yet. I haven't gotten there yet. I- I'm working on love and monsters, all right? <laughs> yeah, they work on love and monsters. <laughs> but no, Scott. Scott's a true alpha. He that's how he got alphas because he just he just rose through the ranks naturally. Scott. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I think that's how in this story Derek gets alpha is the people who were supposed to have it before him he thought were dead. Or, or they were kind of dead in yeah, limbo. They were okay. in limbo. Got it. Okay, cool. We're just going to say they were in limbo. Okay. After Styles had woken again the second time after Kate's attack, Derek had been awake at his bedside with his dad. But once he'd assured himself Styles was fine, he'd reluctantly torn himself from his side. Styles didn't think his dad realized that the last two nights Derek had snuck in through his window, though. That had been interesting. Styles was not ashamed to say, to Derek at least, that having a hot guy sneak in through his window was an unfulfilled fantasy from his youth that was no less exciting for being a legal adult now in a post-apocalyptic world. Same, Styles. same. <laughs> uh, I read an uh, incorrect quote the other day Yeah, that said... Uh, uh, 
Eric and Boyd, hey, Styles. Styles jumping and turning around. How did y'all get in here? Erica, through the window, Boyd, or as we like to call it, the Derek door. The Derek door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be perfect for this chapter. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find it later and post it in the group. Yeah. I mean, I just posted something in the group a few minutes before we started recording. About Peter? Yeah. <laughs> Children. <laughs> okay. Derek had been so damn quiet that if Styles hadn't known who it was creeping in through his window, he may have pissed himself where he lay in the bed. But as Derek closed the window behind him, the moonlight streaming into the otherwise dark room caught his face. He looked so tired and ruffled and so damn beautiful, Styles swore he stopped breathing. Styles licked his lips, just watching, their eyes locked, even in the dimness with only moonlight to guide them. Then Styles slid into bed beside him. They lay together without saying a word for a long time, during which even Styles could hear his dad snoring softly in the other room. It felt clandestine, exhilarating secret yes safe too normal sneaking a boy into his room it was comfortingly familiar too Derek's warmth against him his eyes on his after a while Styles asked in a whisper why didn't you just knock on the door like a normal person it's late didn't want to wake your dad Derek and me admitted shifting to get more comfortable. So you just woke me? Derek's eyes were almost black in the low light, but they glittered like dark diamonds all at once. I just, I couldn't relax. Couldn't sleep without you. And the day was just so long. And I, I just wanted to come back to you. His words were punctuated by a apologetic wince, and Styles couldn't quite tell with the lack of light, but he swore he was blessing, blushing. Oh, he missed him. Yeah. Just say it. I missed you, Derek. Just say it. <laughs> say it. <laughs> I can go, Derek suggested. Styles scowled. Don't be a dick. Now get your shoes off my bed and get under the covers. <laughs> I still love their dynamic after all this time. Did, uh, weren't you complaining last week about the lack of uh, funny material that you could comment on? Yeah, it, it was getting real serious up in here. You can't make yeah. funny jokes about people getting killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without tearing his eyes from Styles, Derek shed his shoes, jeans, and jacket. As he climbed into the bed quietly, Styles turned on his side to face him more fully, bringing their faces a scant inch or two apart. On the same pillow, even. So close, warm, perfect. Styles studied Derek closely as Derek did the same to him. Broad fingers smoothing over his skin around to his back to splay across Styles' shoulder blades. If I weren't so drained from not dying, 
I would jump you right now and christen this bed with you, Styles whispered sleepily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Style, uh, Derek smirked, shifting in even closer to rest his forehead against Styles's, and just breathed him in. It was the safe space they'd created together at the end of the world, where even an alpha werewolf could be soft, afraid, happy, safe all at once. What's it like being an alpha in your family? Styles asked quietly. He already felt himself relaxing a little more against the unsettling buzz of being surrounded by a town full of people after so long of nothing. Derek was making the world quiet once again, but in a good way this time. There was no point in asking what it was like seeing your family again after years of believing they were burned to death. That he knew the answer to that. He'd lived it. It's weird, Derek admitted. I was never meant to be Alpha, so it's weird. My mom, my brain says go to her, let her handle things. But my instincts say something different. Their eyes were closed, but Styles felt the way Derek stroked his back under the shirt under the t-shirt nervously, felt the way he crowded in close as if to silent his own awareness of everything beyond this room. They're all struggling, Derek continued. It's hard. They were trapped in those forms for years. It's not, it's something they can't just bring back from, but they're dealing. They're doing so well, and it's, down to me to protect them, to be their alpha and ground them. And I don't know if I can do that, if I'm ready. Uh, those whole ch- paragraphs. You are, Styles promised, sliding his own arm up between them to drag his long fingers across Derek's beard, his throat, his collarbone stroking absently, soothingly. You called them back from darkness. You fought against the things even that even monsters are afraid of. You might not feel it, but you're an alpha. You can do this. You are doing it, his lips twitched. You took care of me pretty good all this time. We took care of each other. The room fell into quiet comfort as they drifted. They drifted, found solace, strength in the silence. Though Derek snuck out in the morning with a brief kiss to the corner of Styles' sleepy mouth. He returned the following night too, still via the window. Styles mused absently. Derek door. Derek door. Are we gonna call it that from now on? Well, yeah. I mean, what else, what else do you call a window when you are you have those options? <laughs> You're a man coming to keep you company while I'm sorting a few things out, his dad asked, snapping Styles from his reverie. His tone sounded knowing, and Styles felt instantly caught. Uh, I mean, I didn't ask him to, but I can sort of feel him coming this way, so I guess so, he said truthfully. His dad had lived with supernaturals for long enough that he understood the basic ways of some things. He didn't entirely understand the way Styles felt things, the way his spark worked. Neither did Styles, really. 
but he knew what he meant and nodded regardless. He probably heard I was returning to duty for a few hours today and knew you'd, be get, you'd get up to mischief on your own. Styled smirked. So untrusting of me. Mm-hmm, his dad mm-hmm. said. Just as Derek rounded the corner of the little street and started walking toward them. He ducked his head respectfully at his dad as he ascended the porch steps, ran one hand in his jacket pocket, the other clasped around a flask. Keep him out of trouble for me, Derek. He's still got a few days of bed rest, according to Noshiko, his dad said, moving past him with a pat on his shoulder as he headed for the makeshift pasture at the end of the street. It was where a lot of people on the road kept the horses they used for getting about. Apparently, each residential area had their own one, like a garage per every few houses, Styles supposed. He hadn't had a chance to check it out yet, or anything else, really. But he was really really intrigued to see how things functioned, how they'd adapted an existing town to work for the community they'd built. He was also really interested to see his dad on a horse properly because that had to be a world away from the awkward man who'd always actively avoided them in Styles' youth. Oh, and Derek, his dad called as he reached the end of the path to the road. When you come by tonight, use the door like a normal guy, huh? (laughs) Busted. I don't want to be up there replacing roof tiles in the winter. His tone had a teasing air, not unlike the one Styles used to, too often, and Derek's eyes widened as his face flamed. Yes, sir, Derek said, clearing his throat awkwardly. You watch out for him, Derek, the sheriff said in answer before continuing down toward the place the horses of the closest residence were kept. Derek stared after him for a long time before moving to squeeze into the armchair with Styles. Congratulations. That was his blessing, Styles mused, cackling when Derek scowled, snatched the book off him, and started reading out loud. It was his mom's old battered copy of The Hobbit. She'd read it to him over and over as a kid, so it was unsurprising that that out of all the books his dad had kept close and safe, this one had made it on the long journey up here. His dad hadn't actually started reading out loud to him the night before. Oh, his dad had actually started reading it out loud to him the night before, and he wondered if somehow Derek knew that. Derek's voice was low and soft, almost distracted, by St- but Styles didn't mind. It had become a source of comfort in the last few months, and although he'd never read to him before the domesticity of it, especially in a place where he knew they were safe at last, was freeing. He closed his eyes, curling up into Derek's side, enjoying the cramped space of the worn armchair and the heat of Derek and the blanket. He watched the people of the houses opposite tend their vegetable gardens or greenhouses, smaller in scale than the army of grass, glass structures near the front of the settlement. He watched them come back and forth toward the horses and then back toward the busy center of the settlement on horseback. It was a peaceful kind of busy, soothing, and he let himself acclimate to the life in every subtle way. 
even the way two kids played with their dogs in the street a few horses a few doors down. If a few people looked their way, he wasn't too worried. Derek didn't seem to be after all. You don't care that they totally think you're a snuggle wolf now? He teased quietly <laughs> when Derek's voice tarried off, tapered off between chapters. <laughs> Derek snorted. When you've come this far, what people think stops mattering the way it did before. The world ended. Styles nodded in understanding. The sun was streaming into the porch at, at enough of an angle that it didn't blind them, yet still bathed them in warm light. I asked Dean to teach me how to use my spark more easily, you know, not just by accident or when someone is going to die. He said he might start me with growing certain crops that struggle in winter, since I have practice in that and go from there. I think he just wants me to grow, grow grain in snowfall or something. He closed his eyes in a dreamy display. Man, bread sounds so good. I haven't had a chance to have any yet. The corner of Derek's mouth quirked. My dad, <clears throat> my dad used to make good bread on Saturday mornings. You'll have to have some when he gets back into the swing of things. Styles nodded thoughtfully before sitting up straighter to meet Derek's eyes. How are they all doing? He asked carefully. What was Derek's dad's name? Callie Nobody Callie. knows. Oh, okay. The show doesn't talk about Derek's dad and there is not a wiki page for Derek's dad. Okay. So nobody knows anything about Derek's dad. Okay. Most people assume that he was human. Hmm. So. But in this story, he was one of the berserkers. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Derek set the book on the side table. He reached for the forgotten flask and unscrewed the lid, sipping at the con contents before passing it to Styles. The rich, heavenly smell of chicken noodle soup met Styles' tongue and he groaned in, spite of seeing the offering as the, as the distraction it was. So that has to be like a change, like a, what do they call it? Like a slang different, like a word difference because a flask, I was expecting him to come up with like vodka or tequila or like gin and her flask is full of soup. It's probably like a thermos. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, but they call it a flask. So good. There was that boyish smile again, in spite of the heartache in his eyes, and Styles busied, busied himself sipping at the flask so that Derek could forget his question if he wanted. After a mo moment, though, Derek answered. It's just complicated, I guess, and none of us know what we're doing but we're making it work. It'll get easier. Derek nodded thoughtfully, looking across the street to where a guy was showing his son how to mount a horse. Like the people here, here the hails would adapt, make good of it, find out how to live again. 
Styles worried the inside of his mouth for a moment, debating on voicing the thought that had plagued him since he woke. In the end, he opted for transparency and said, You know, if you need to be with them, like more than me for now, I get it, right? I mean, they've been, they've pretty much through, no, I mean, they've pretty been through so much. I understand if you need to be with each other. Derek turned his face toward him, a confused frown furrowing his brow. I need you too, he admitted, then a little more sheepishly. You make me calmer, make things. Quiet, Styles asked with a little smile, because all this time he hadn't really thought how his presence at Derek's side might calm him, soothe him, make him happy, as Styles was when they were together. It turns out my mother willed her alpha spark to Laura before she was caught. Oh, this is about to answer our question. Yeah. I was just I was just making the the connections over here. I don't know if you saw the drawing in the air. <laughs> I, I I can't see you because I can't see the video. Anyways. Okay, let's see. Let's start over. It turns out my mother willed her alpha spark to Laura before she was caught, thinking she was about to die. And Laura, she was the last to escape. Not by enough, by enough. No. Not by much, but enough to make a difference. She willed it to me. That's exactly why she reacted first. First, because she was more newly turned. Maybe because she was the one to pass the alpha power to me. There was also a stronger connection there. I'm not sure, but... He sighed in frustration. It's complicated. But like with Cora, I never cemented my place as their alpha after inheriting the park. So I couldn't fill them like I can now. This is really hard. There was no pack bound to reach out through to sense their presence. But there was something when they heard the alpha voice. It was the spark they all recognized. Even if Kate's command over them meant they didn't recognize me. They couldn't help but acknowledge the spark of their alpha. Even if I wasn't the alpha they bonded to, it, he winced. Am I even making sense? Sure, Styles confirmed. They felt a connection when you roared, even though you didn't have the alpha bond to them, like recognizing a family member you hadn't seen since you were a kid. Something like that. At some point, Derek had started dragging his fingers softly along Styles' broad knuckles, watching the pad, path of the pads of his finger across his skin. I woke something. No. I woke something in them. 
Derek continued softly. Something Cade had smothered. The feeling of pack. A family, if not a full bond. Do you have a bond now? Like a secure alpha connection? At Derek's nod, he covered De Derek's hand with his own free one. Must be weird being your own mom's alpha. <laughs> it takes some getting used to, Derek agreed. I thought about willing it back to her. But she's, she's got enough to deal with. They all have. Trying to recover from being trapped like that for so long. I need to do this. I need to be their alpha. Be their alpha. Style soldier checked him and offered him a slip, sip of the soup. You're doing a pretty good job so far. If you can keep me out of trouble, Style said gently. I want to be yours too. If that's what you still want, Derek hedged. Well, Styles began pretending to consider it. We're a team. So does that make me like co-alpha or something? Derek's answering smile was brighter than the mid-morning sun. That that chapter was bad, was hard on my voice. I hope I still have a voice in the morning. You know, so this is part two of chapter 11 is uh -huh. the conversation continuing in part three. Is there more Derek? I mean, obviously he's going to continue speaking, but is it going to be more Derek centric? I'm looking it up. Did you want to watch Mighty Ducks 3? I think I should probably go home and eat. Um, I think next, next, the next chapter is, um, a week later. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, and then it's the end of chapter 11 and we get into the epilogue. Yes, the epilogue is going to be hard because it's long and it's mostly Styles and, and Derek. Drink some tea, have some liquids nearby. Yeah. But I am sad because after this, there's only two more weeks. I know. It's exciting and sad. Bittersweet. Yeah. Comes to I mean, end. I'm excited to go uh, on to more and exciting projects, but I'm sad to be leaving Radio Tower behind. For sure. This was a really... Great. We're not at the end yet, so we won't say our goodbyes to the story, but this is a, such a great story to kick off a podcast with. Yeah. Um, what do you so, think of this chapter? I mean, I'm happy that they're okay. I'm curious to see in the next two chapters, two parts, like how this world adapts to, you know, like Kate the leader of the berserkers being gone. I mean, when the main problem is gone, you can start to rebuild. It's not yeah. going to be easy. Like, are there still berserkers out there? Or like, did she just have all of them with her? I've got questions. When she died, did they all kind of break their bond? Are they, you know? I think they kind of just broke her bond. And they all just like, like snap out of it. They take their skulls off and they're like, oh. Well, like, uh, like, 
Derek said, like all of the berserkers, I mean, there was more than just his family. Yeah. They, they, I mean, their, their strength is still okay. They're still strong, but mentally they're not all there yet. Right. So. Right. so it makes me wonder like those, were they not all with her? Are there some like stationed elsewhere and they like stop to and they're like, whoa, like. You know, I don't think that's a question we're going to get an answer to. No, but it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting thought to think about. Yeah. I mean, hyper little Nori, if you want to put your two cents in, um, uh, let us know what you think. Chaotics, thank you for joining us on another Chaotic Thursday. Thursday, we really enjoyed having you guys tonight. This is Johnny out. This is Johnny. This is Johnny out. Johnny <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> did you ever watch the movie Just Friends? with ryan reynolds like a christmasy kind of movie uh yeah he's um you know he's like chubby in high school loses all the weight comes back to the town because he's hitting on his friend whatever in the beginning yeah. of the movie he's hitting on a girl at the bar and she goes you know i it's something about i don't get enough attention from you and then she goes because athena's out <laughs> I have seen that. It's so uh, it's one of my favorites. But I'm I'm just gonna start ending this with because Jess is out. <laughs> That's great. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, sorry. And Jess here. Bye, chaotics. Bye, chaotics. <laughs> Love you. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. We'd like to thank Hyper Little Noi for allowing us to read her masterpiece, Radio Tower, and to our listeners who welcome us into their homes every week. We love any reviews, downloads, subscriptions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and archive of our own as Ships of Chaos. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Chaotic Thursday. <laughs>